The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine along with Frank Diaz. We'll have business and Joe Nolan. He'll have traffic. Justin Ellick will be along with sports. Here's your top five at five. This, this is the top five at five. The Bronx high-rise, where 17 people lost their lives Sunday, had been cited at least six times for safety violations. An ex-con let back out onto the streets here in New York City with downgraded charges under the highly criticized policies of Manhattan's new DA. More worries about President Joe Biden's cognitive abilities. He said Tuesday he thinks Vice President Kamala Harris is president. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin is coming to the rescue of Republicans once again. Consumers hard hit, as you may know, COVID sickouts and weather events blame for staffing and inventory shortages. The Bronx high rise where 17 people lost their lives Sunday was cited at least a half dozen times in 2013 and 2019 for failing to maintain those self-closing doors. That, according to the New York Post, FTNY Fire Commissioner is Daniel Nigro. He told 77 WABC that failure of a self-closing door to shut led to the spread of thick black smoke. For some reason, the self-closing mechanism failed. The door stayed open. The fire and smoke went out into the hallway, went up the stairs, as hot smoke is likely to do, and penetrated the rest of the 19-story structure with heavy black smoke. And officials do now say those 17 residents who died as a result of Sunday's fire died of smoke inhalation. Investigators say space heaters were left running for several days in the two-story duplex apartment where that fire started. FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro on Bernie and Sid yesterday morning. Make sure it says UL tested, that it's a, a heater that's going to be safe. Never use an extension cord with it. They're made to you know, read the instructions, plug it directly into the wall. And this is a, two key things. Keep it three feet away from anything combustible and don't leave it on overnight. A building spokesperson says those citations at that building were issued under previous ownership. Well, here's an example of downgraded charges resulting from the new lax crime policies of Manhattan's new DA, Alvin Bragg. An ex-con brandishing a knife stole more than $2,200 worth of merchandise. This happened at a Dwayne Reed on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This guy's name, William Rowland. He was arrested after returning to the store the next day to try and steal even more. Roland was charged with first-degree robbery and criminal possession of a weapon in that first incident. When Roland was arraigned, the robbery charge was dropped by the Manhattan DA's office. Roland was instead charged with two counts of petty larceny and related low-level offenses, including second-degree menacing. That, according to court papers, now there are calls for New York Governor Kathy Hochul to oust Bragg over his new policies, calling for incarceration for only the most serious crimes. 
Yet another gaffe by President Joe Biden. This latest, President Biden yesterday calling Vice President Kamala Harris, President Harris. The mistake is Biden spoke to students at Atlanta University and Morehouse College in Georgia. Biden didn't bother to correct himself either, possibly not even realizing his latest mistake. Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol. He did, however, notice apparently unintentional use of the words hell, which he changed to heck, and damn, which he revised as darn. Not the first time Biden has referred to Harris as the president. Last month, you might remember, he called the VP the president during an appearance at South Carolina State University. Well, West Virginia Senator Democrat Joe Manchin may save the day once again. He insisted Tuesday he doesn't support efforts to change filibuster rules so Democrats can enact two voting rights bills. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York has vowed that a vote on changing the Senate's rules will take place by January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If Senate Republicans continue to abuse the filibuster to prevent this body from acting, the Senate must adapt. Just as Robert C. Byrd said, when circumstances change, the rules should change. There's no better way to heal the damage of January 6th than to act so that our constitutional order is preserved for the future. So Manchin expected to be joined in opposition by Senator Kirsten Sinema, that Democrat out of Arizona, and other Democratic senators. Double whammy for consumers. Now, if you've found your favorite items are out of stock lately, officials are blaming it on two things. Worker shortages caused by the Omicron variant of COVID resulting in worker sickouts and severe weather. The National Growers Association reporting 50% of grocery stores are operating with just half of their normal workforce. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg visiting the ports of L.A. and Long Beach out in California yesterday. He says the Biden administration is working to try and minimize supply chain disruptions. We just recently were able to announce that $52 million commitment to help with on-dock rail for the Port of Long Beach, and that was with the funds that we had last year. I cannot wait to put to work the funds from that $17 billion being committed to ports thanks to that bipartisan infrastructure law. So new inflation figures due out today. Consumer prices rose 6.8% from November of 2020 to November of 2021, the highest spike since 1982. 77 WABC time check 507. Here's Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody. We're starting out with a big old problem in Hackensack as you travel eastbound on Route 80 at exit 65 Green Street. Three lanes are going to be out, the three left lanes. There's an overturned tractor trailer. Now, if you're heading into work, the good news is this happened at 2 o'clock this morning. So it shouldn't be too much longer, probably another hour or so. But still, heading eastbound on Route 80, three lanes are out coming into exit 65. And again, that with an overturned tractor trailer. Other than that, not that much for you to worry about. Northbound on the New New York State Thruway getting up to Hall Place, which is exit one in Yonkers, there was a collision. There's also a problem on the Philadelphia Turnpike Extension eastbound, Pennsylvania Turnpike Extension eastbound, as you come on in towards the area of Route 130. Other than that, though, we're good. Mass transit good, too, and alternate side in effect today. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for it to warm up today. I took a look at the hour-by-hour temperature forecast. It won't warm up till afternoontime, though. Mostly sunny day or high 40, mostly cloudy during the overnight, the low 29. Bundle up right now in the low 20s in the tri-state. 
Oh, it's believed to be a first from President Joe Biden. He referred to the January 6th Capitol riot as a coup, a coup Tuesday during a speech in Atlanta. Biden did so as he called on the U.S. Senate to scrap the filibuster rule so Democrats can pass a pair of election reform bills. Today, we come to Atlanta, the cradle of civil rights, to make clear what must come after that dreadful day when a dagger was literally held at the throat of American democracy. So Biden didn't use the term coup in his speech last week on the first anniversary of the Capitol, right? The term usually reserved for the U.S. government to talk about unrest in foreign countries. Now, Biden's attack on former President Donald Trump and his supporters was combined with distracting gaffes and his assertion that Biden was arrested multiple times while fighting for civil rights back in the 60s and 70s. Woke bail reform in Chicago. It has now led to nearly 100 people accused of murder allowed to go free. The murder suspects have been ordered, though, to wear electronic monitoring devices on their ankles. The revelation by Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart to CBS on Monday, the sheriff fearing for community safety. 75 to 80 percent of the people on home monitoring are charged with a violent offense. I have about Just under 100 people on home monitoring were charged with murder. So the sheriff says due to the woke policies, he added that some 90 people accused of murder are free, 40 people charged with attempted murder, and over 850 people charged with aggravated gun possession have also been released. Chief Justice Timothy Evans imposed the reform back in 2017, though he is refusing to revoke it. So who's responsible for comparing parents to domestic terrorists? There's been a huge controversy over this. New emails now released yesterday claim President Biden's Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is at fault. The emails show Cardona asking the National School Board Association to send a letter to the White House comparing protesting parents to domestic terrorists. Viola Garcia is president of the NSBA and wrote in a letter that members of school boards were concerned for their safety amid high tensions around education. Here's Cardona on Fox News. Parents have put up with a lot over the last year and a half trying to uh, balance work and uh, educating their children. So this partnership with parents needs to continue. So this letter was sent after a combustible summer, which saw school board meetings become the scenes at times of violent unrest over issues like remote learning and masking. On October 22nd, the NBSA sent a letter saying that they regret and apologize for the letter sent to Biden. Attorney General Merrick Garland has said that because of all these threats and violence against school boards, there are plans for a task force to protect members of school boards. Well, there's a new revelation that FBI agents may have been involved in the January 6th Capitol riot. Republican U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas pushed the FBI's executive assistant director of the agency's national security branch. That's Jill Sanborn for an answer yesterday. Sanborn, during a hearing on domestic violence threats, though, refused to answer Cruz's question. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Now, Cruz also asked about the identity of former Marine Ray Epps and whether he was involved in any alleged FBI 
incitement of the Capitol riot. And Sanborn said she was aware of Epps but did not have information on him. Well, a heated U.S. Senate Health Committee hearing yesterday. Fireworks here. The nation's top infectious disease expert, yes, Dr. Anthony Fauci, caught on a hot mic. Dr. Fauci called Republican Senator Roger Marshall a moron after the senator accused Fauci of hiding finances. You are totally incorrect. Well, we look forward to reviewing it. Dr. Fauci has answered you. It is public information, and he's happy to give it to you if you would ask. Senator Moran. What a moron. Fauci responded to Marshall after telling him many times his finan- of his financial disclosures, including his over $430,000 a year salary. He said they're public knowledge. And meanwhile, Dr. Fauci wasn't the end of it. Dr. Fauci and Republican Senator Rand Paul also went at it. Fauci accused Senator Paul of personally attacking him for a political gain, distorting everything he says and inspiring crazies to want to kill him. Do you really think it's appropriate? To use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? I think in usual fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. So all this as Fauci and CDC Director Rochelle Walensky appeared before the Senate panel to defend the Biden administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some preliminary information out about the death of 65-year-old beloved Full House star Bob Saget. Police say there is no foul play, but they think Saget either suffered a heart attack or a stroke in his Orlando hotel room. It's believed Saget recently battled COVID-19, too. Authorities told TMZ. We have an unresponsive guest in a room. My officer is telling me that that there's no pulse. All right, part of that 911 call there, an official cause of death from the Orange County Medical Examiner's Office on Saget is expected to take up to 12 weeks. And police say there's no sign of things like drug use, but toxicology tests are pending. WABC time check is 5.15, and that is time for a look at sports. Big news regarding the Giants. Here's Justin Ellick. Thanks, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here, here with your early news uh, sports update. Yes, some big news out of Giants land a day after Giants general manager Dave Gettleman retired. After four seasons on the job, the team has now fired head coach Joe Judge after his two losing seasons with the team. First-time head coach went 10-23 and 23 over the course of those two uh, pretty abysmal seasons and is now the third consecutive Giants coach to be fired after two seasons or less. Co-owners Steve Tisch and John Mara have said they will let whoever they hire as the team's new general manager lead the effort in hiring a new head coach. So we'll see how that turns out uh, in the near future here. Knicks and Nets both took a breather last night, but we'll be back at it tonight. The Knicks welcome the Dallas Mavericks to town for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern tip. And the Nets are in Chicago at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight to try and see if they can gain a game on the current one-seed Bulls in the Eastern Conference. No hockey last night either, or tonight for that matter, as all three local teams will return to the ice come tomorrow. That's right, I said all three local teams. It's been a while for the Islanders, but after almost two weeks off due to the COVID complications, the Islanders will finally be back in action as they'll host the Devils in Long Island for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time face-off tomorrow. The Rangers are all set for a date with the Sharks in San Jose as well. That face-off is scheduled for 10.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Some more news out of Australia as well as nine-time and defending Australian Open champion Novak Djokovic is still in limbo before the, first, uh, before the year's first tennis major starts on Monday. A week after Djokovic won a legal battle allowing him to stay in the country, he still faces the prospect of deportation because he is not vaccinated. 
De- uh, deportation could result in sanctions ranging up to a three-year ban from entering Australia, which, for someone who has won almost half of his 20 Grand Slam titles there, is a frightening prospect. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right. Thanks, Justin. 77 WABC. Time check 517. Uh, time to head over to Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit. All right, Deb, still taking a look at this eastbound side of Route 80. We're backed up from exit 64 to 65 Green Street. There is a accident involving an overturned tractor trailer. Three lanes are going to be out, three left lanes in the locals. So as you go eastbound, you're going to have a you know pretty major problem here. Again, the express lanes are going to be open, so that's good news. But still, eastbound on Route 80, exit 65, three lanes out. With an overturned tractor trailer coming up through Lower Brooklyn, looks like we're in pretty good shape. Inbound on the Gowanus BQE. A little sluggish, but nothing terrible getting up to the Brooklyn Bridge. Same sort of deal on the LIE moving well, getting through Queens Boulevard, starting to build up a little bit at the Holland Tunnel as they clear the road work and alternate side of the street. Parking rules and regulations once again today going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a warm-up today. Our high near 40, but that won't happen until about noontime or so. Partly sunny skies, increase in clouds overnight, the low down to 29. Frank Diaz is here with your this is reporting. Good morning, Deb. Well, stock futures rose slightly this morning after a rally on Wall Street as investors bought the dip following a five-day sell-off in the S&P 500. Futures on the Dow Jones inched up about 54 points or 0.15%. S&P 500 futures are up 0.15%. And NASDAQ 100 futures rose about 0.18%. The overnight session followed a rebound in the market with the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite getting more than 1% for a second straight day of gains. The S&P 500 rose 0.9% on Tuesday, snapping a five-day slide, while the blue chip Dow added 180 points. Well, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon saying that he expects the best economic growth in decades this year, dismissing concerns about high inflation and labor shortages as overblown. The consumer price index rose 6.8% for the 12 months ending in November, the largest annual increase since June of 1982. Diamond said that it could take six to nine months for consumer loan growth to return to normal, but he said the economy is strong and can cope with interest rates rising 1%. Despite Diamond's optimism, U.S. employers added just 199,000 jobs in December, far below predictions as the economy struggles with inflation and supply shortages. Well, if you're a potential home buyer, you may want to hurry it up. Mortgage purchase rates have spiked significantly over the past few days, and rates for 10- and 15-year terms hit about 3% for the first time in more than a year, with longer terms sitting well over 3.5%. Home buyers who manage a higher monthly payment stand to save the most on interest with a shorter-term mortgage. Locking in a rate today could allow buyers to get ahead of further increases that are expected throughout 2022. All right. As you heard Frank mention, the latest jobs report revealed a still volatile labor market with payrolls gaining just 199,000 last month. And as we know, COVID has not only changed how we live, but how we work. 77 WABC's Lydia Serrani goes in depth on this issue with Catherine Wild, Wild president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City. And this is Lydia Serrani, and on the line with me right now is Catherine Wild. She is the president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City for the past two decades. It's a nonprofit organization of the city's business leaders established by David Rockefeller back since 1979. Welcome, Kathy Wild. I know you are a very, very busy person. Thank you, Lydia. Happy to join you. Thank you so much. Now, the landscape of work 
especially right here in New York City, has changed dramatically with Omicron, with COVID. There's a lot more remote work, and we're still seeing these office buildings empty here. And what's happened during the COVID is so many of these professional workers in financial services and technology and uh, lawyers, accountants, they found they can be just as effective and more profitable working from home and avoid that commute. So that's the challenge we're facing. Right. So now instead of the employers kind of making the demands, now the employees can do it because there are those remote options. So across the world, employees are basically saying this is a new fringe benefit working from home. And it's it's given them much more flexibility in their lives. And again, given them a couple hours back in their day when they're not on the commuter rail or on the subways, the governor and the mayor would like employers to demand their folks come back to work. But the truth is, this is a competitive world. The values have changed during this two-year COVID. And the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be to say to people, come back to the office just like it used to be. They're saying we can be just as effective working remotely, whether from home or from anywhere in the world. Kathy Wild, one of the other issues that we hear a lot about from our listeners here at WABC Radio is they're worried about crime. That's why they're afraid to go on the subway. The crime situation, the shooting situation, is more of a deterrent to getting back on the subways and coming back to work. It's more of a deterrent than the COVID. So, in fact, the crime situation is very serious, and we have got to deal with that before we solve our larger economic problems. You know what it takes to get New York City back up and running, back to its former glory. What would you like to see happen? I think we have to come together in support of Mayor Adams and his new team in the uh, police department and figure out how do we resolve the issues that have made the police less effective? How do we get guns off the street? And that has to be a united effort by all New Yorkers. It shouldn't be politics. It shouldn't be ideology. It shouldn't be us against them. It should be everybody working together to solve that problem because that's the only way we're going to continue to have the greatest city in the world. From your lips to God's ears, thank you so much, Kathy Wild. Again, you are the president and CEO of of the Partnership for New York City. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lydia. Nice to be with you. And this is Lydia Serrani for 77 WABC Early News. And thanks to 77 WABC's Lydia Serrani and also Catherine Wild of the Partnership for New York City for that report. The WABC Early News. A distraught family of the 19-year-old who was gunned down as she worked her shift at an East Harlem Burger King, speaking out now for the first time. The family lost Crystal Bayron Nieves last weekend. The teen died at a hospital after a gunman shot her in her torso during an armed robbery, netting only 100 bucks. Here's the victim's cousin, Kiara Fuentes, speaking to CBS. Crystal didn't deserve this. She did not wake up thinking she wasn't going to make it back home. This is hurting our family so much, and we just want justice for her already. All right, so the family very distraught. A memorial has been growing, too, outside the 116th Street fast food establishment where this teen lost her life over 100 bucks. 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis spreading the word, including in an ad running in today's print edition of the New York Post. He is offering a $10,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of the killer of this 19-year-old teen, Crystal Bayron Nieves. Crime Stopper. 
first two offering a $3,500 reward for information. Not only uh, did uh, Manhattan's new DA Alvin Bragg spark calls for his recall over his lax policies on crime, now there are reports he is allegedly twisting the truth about his past. Bragg regularly gives speeches about the hardships of growing up in Harlem, recalling cops, pointing guns at him. Now DailyMail.com has learned that Bragg actually grew up in an upper-middle-class enclave of brownstones and also attended an elite school on the Upper West Side. Bragg is also a Harvard grad. He sparked outrage last week when he announced his office will stop prosecuting many low-level crimes. We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest, and people say, well, how'd this happen? How'd that assault happen? Well, there were seven prior times with that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us safer. It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand uh, the pushback. NYPD unions, New York Republicans, and angry New York City residents fear Bragg's policies will fuel additional crime here in New York City, which has upticks in each and every single major crime category for 2021 but one. And there's concern New York City will experience the same fate as other progressively run cities out on the West Coast that have seen looting and lawlessness. Now, more on Bragg. In a joint statement, NYPD Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell said she and the new DA had productive talks Tuesday over Bragg's soft on crime approach. Sewell blasting Bragg's policies in an email sent to 35,000 of her officers. That was on Friday. Now, in this email, Sewell said she was very concerned that Bragg's agenda would impact police safety, the safety of the public, and justice for victims. Bragg responded Monday on WNYC's The Brian Lehrer Show. I've got a 20-plus year history of working side-by-side with law enforcement, including the NYPD and FBI and others. And so, you know, I think there are some things that I hope to get into the details on them that that, um, just, you know, are not so. Bragg says he's surprised by the pushback over the weekend at the Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network headquarters. Bragg said he's staying the course over his new policies. 77 WABC time check is 527. Time for a look at the roads and the rails with Joan Olin. All right, Debbie, eastbound on Route 80 and exit 65. Again, those three lanes are going to be closed with that overturned tractor trailer. Again, this happened around 2 a.m. It's in the local lanes. That would be Green Street in Hackensack, actually, South Hackensack, as you travel eastbound. So, again, as you get through there, you're going to have some delays. You're backed up for about three-quarters of a mile coming up to that, and I imagine that's going to get worse as uh, we get a little closer to uh, sunrise here. Now, also on the on Trans Authority tracks, we got a problem on the Uptown 2 trains. On the Express tracks uh, is, is the number two. That's from Chambers to 14th Street with switch trouble. Mass Transit looks to be in pretty good shape other than that this morning. An alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. I'm getting more coffee. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bring me a cup, Joe. (laughs) And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Calling for sunshine today. A bit warmer. The high near 40, but that won't happen until about midday. Increasing clouds overnight. The low down to 29 in the low 20s in the tri-state right now. Well, students lobbied for remote learning yesterday. It was a walkout. Uh, We told you about this possibility yesterday during the 77 WABC early news. And so, in fact, some New York City public school students staged that walkout yesterday. So this walkout in protest of school conditions amid a surge in COVID-19 cases. These two students, among 200 who took part in that walkout at Brooklyn Tech High School, they told Channel 7 Eyewitness News they are worried about possible exposure to COVID and other Six students. 
Having all these children stacked on top of each other, especially in schools as large as tech, is not ideal. And I think that having that hybrid option would just alleviate the stress and make everything a little bit safer for everyone. I just genuinely do not feel safe in the school building anymore at this point. And I think after winter break, we cross the line from in-person being better to remote and hybrid being better. So as of January 3rd, New York City actually doubled down on its COVID-19 testing at its public schools of both vaccinated and unvaccinated students, with about 20 percent of students being tested regularly. And uh, meanwhile, attendance did creep up to about uh, 75 percent as of this past Monday at the city's public schools. That is up from previous weeks when it sank to about 50 percent. 77 WABC time check coming up on 530 back right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Here's your top five at 530. I'm Deborah Valentine. It's the top five at 530. And by the way, sports, weather, traffic, and business coming up too. That Bronx high rise where 17 people lost their lives Sunday had been cited at least six times for safety violations. An ex-con let back out onto the street with downgraded charges under the highly criticized policies of Manhattan's new district attorney. Even more worries about President Joe Biden's cognitive abilities. He said Tuesday he thinks Vice President Kamala Harris is president. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin coming to the rescue of Republicans once again. And consumers hard hit COVID sickouts and weather events blame for staffing and inventory shortages. So the Bronx high rise where tragically 17 people lost their lives Sunday was cited at least six times back in 2013 and 2019 for failing to maintain self-closing doors. Now that according to the New York Post. Meanwhile, FDNY Fire Commissioner Daniel Nigro on 77 WABC yesterday morning during the Bernie and Sid in the morning program, of course, coming up here at six o'clock. And Nigro said failure of a self-closing door. That closing door did not shut as it was supposed to, led to the spread of thick black smoke. For some reason, the self-closing mechanism failed. The door stayed open. The fire and smoke went out into the hallway, went up the stairs, as hot smoke is likely to do, and penetrated the rest of the 19-story structure with heavy black smoke. And officials say that smoke inhalation is, in fact, the cause of the death of those 17 residents. Now, investigators say space heaters were left running for several days in the two-story duplex where the fire started. Commissioner Nigro, also on Bernie and Sid, said. Make sure it says UL tested, that it's a, a heater that's going to be safe. Never use an extension cord with it. They're made to, you know, read the instructions, plug it directly into the wall and this is a two key things. Keep it three feet away from anything combustible and don't leave it on overnight. A building spokesperson says the citations issued to that building were actually issued under previous ownership. Well, here's an example of downgraded charges resulting from those lax crime policies announced by Manhattan's new district attorney, Alvin Bragg. An ex-con brandishing a knife stole more than $2,200 worth of merchandise. Now, this happened at a a Dwayne Reed drugstore down on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This guy's name is William Rowland. Now, he was arrested after returning to the store the very next day to try and steal even more. 
Rowland was charged with first-degree robbery and criminal possession of a weapon in that first incident after the charges were then downgraded. So there are calls for New York's Governor Kathy Hochul to oust Bragg over his new policies, calling for incarceration for only the most serious crimes like homicide. Well, yet another gaffe by our president, Joe Biden, the latest. President Biden yesterday called Vice President Kamala Harris, President Harris. The mistake is Biden spoke to students at Atlanta University and Morehouse College in Georgia. Biden didn't bother to correct himself, possibly not even realizing his latest mistake. Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol. President Harris and I. Okay, the mistake is Biden spoke to students at Atlanta University and Morehouse College in Georgia. He did, however, notice apparently unintentional use of the words hell, which he changed to heck, and damn, which he then revised to darn. So it's not the first time Biden has referred to Harris as the president. Last month, he called the VP the president during an appearance at South Carolina State University. Well, West Virginia Senator Democrat Joe Manchin may save the day. Once again, he insisted Tuesday that he does not support efforts to change filibuster rules so Democrats can enact two voting rights bills. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York, though, has vowed that a vote on changing the Senate's rules will take place by January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If Senate Republicans continue to abuse the filibuster to prevent this body from acting, the Senate must adapt. Just as Robert C. Byrd said, when circumstances change, the rules should change. There's no better way to heal the damage of January 6th than to act so that our constitutional order is preserved for the future. Manchin expected to be joined in opposition by Senator Kirsten Sinema, the Democrat out of Arizona, as well as other Democratic senators. Some Dems, though, want an exception to the 60-vote threshold, which are intended to counter laws enacted by Republican-led states, red states that critics say make it harder to vote. Well, double whammy for consumers. If you found your favorite items out of stock lately, officials are blaming it on two things, worker shortages caused by the Omicron on variant of COVID, resulting in things like workers' sick outs and severe weather. As a matter of fact, the National Growers Association reports 50% of grocery stores are operating with just 50% of their workers. Meanwhile, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg visited the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach out in California yesterday. Now, Buttigieg says the Biden administration is working to try and minimize supply chain disruptions. We just recently were able to announce that $52 million commitment to help with on-dock Long Beach, and that was with the funds that we had last year. I cannot wait to put to work the funds from that $17 billion being committed to ports thanks to that bipartisan infrastructure law. So new inflation figures are due out later today. Consumer prices rose 6.8% from November of 2020 to November of 2021, the highest spike since 1982. 77 WABC time check, 537. Time for Joe Nolan with traffic. All right, Deb, on Route 80 on the eastbound side at exit 65, three lanes are going to be out of service. There's no return track to trailer. And, again, that's in the local lane. So as you come eastbound, get over in the express if you can. And, again, you've got yourself uh, delays now starting to build up there eastbound on Route 80. If you're heading inbound, Hudson River crossings, all three in good shape. Long Island Expressway starting to build up, as it usually does, but nothing terrible yet. Heading westbound uh, from uh, about 108th Street in through Queens Boulevard. Then also, as you travel on the Grand Central, you're in good shape pretty much all the way on in. 
Transit Authority, Uptown 2 trains. On the express tracks from Chambers to 14th Street, that would switch trouble and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A bit warmer today, our high near 40, but that won't happen until about noontime into early afternoon. Mostly sunny skies, increasing clouds overnight with a low of 29. Right now, we're still hanging in the low 20s here in the tri-state area. Well, White House watchdog has cleared Dr. Anthony Fauci now of allegedly violating the Hatch Act. That complaint was over Fauci criticizing former President Trump's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic just four days before the 2020 presidential election. Now, Fauci said Biden's campaign was taking COVID seriously from a public health perspective, but Trump was looking at it from a different perspective. Fauci contradicted President Trump's optimistic assessment at that time that the country was rounding the turn on COVID-19. And here's Trump on Fauci. Now, a lot of people ask me uh, about Dr. Fauci. I like Dr. Fauci. I actually get along with him great. But they said, why didn't you fire him? I said, no, he was good. He'd recommend something. I'd do the opposite. And we always turned out to be right. All right. So Fauci, of course, has been a frequent target of conservatives, angered by his support of things like lockdowns and his changing position on masking. Senate Republicans are playing hardball. The GOP threatening to force votes on a slew of bills that are designed to split the Democratic caucus and take over the floor agenda. Now, that is if and only if Majority Leader Chuck Schumer carries out his threat to push through a change in Senate filibuster rules in order to enact two voting rights bills. Here's Senate Minority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell. We anticipate, based on what the Majority Leader said, he's going to try to break the Senate break the legislative filibuster to make some kind of narrow exception. There is no such thing as a narrow exception. So Schumer, in remarks to colleagues Monday night, tried to call McConnell's bluff. He says Democrats have the big lie. That's gaslighting. What McConnell did on the big lie is a classic definition of gaslighting. And, of course, we're not going to stand for it and we rebut it. All right. So other votes the GOP could potentially call up could target hot button issues, things like abortion and a border wall. House Republican Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's suggestion about limiting congressional members ability to trade stocks is going over like a lead balloon. McCarthy told Punchbowl News that he is considering a range of ideas here. McCarthy citing the case of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, of course, the San Francisco Democrat, arguing that her husband trading millions of dollars worth of tech stocks potentially poses a conflict of interest. Pelosi herself, though, does not own any any individual stocks, but supports members' ability to trade. This is a free market and people, we have a free market economy that should be able to participate in that. So no final decision has actually been made on this issue that was suggested by McCarthy. Some Republican members say restrictions may negatively impact public officials by doing things like limiting their ability to prepare for their retirements while performing their duties in Congress. Now, speaking of Pelosi, no official announcement from the House Speaker on her anticipated retirement at the end of this term, and that would be January 2023. Now, despite that, lower-ranking Democrats are eyeing Pelosi's leadership position. Pelosi has previously kept her intentions close to her chest, telling the Associated Press back in 2018 that she can take the heat from Republicans. There's nothing more important for us to do than protect our Constitution and our democracy. What the Republicans are doing across the country is really a 
a legislative continue, continuation of what they did on January 6th, which is to undermine our democracy. Now, chaos for Democrats, though at least 23 Democratic legislators are set to retire or run for a different office this year. Democrats also facing increasing tensions between the far-left faction of the party and more moderate Democrats. Well, no shakeup for Republicans in the U.S. Senate. That's because Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says he will run for another term as the chamber's top GOP leader at the end of the year. McConnell has, of course, come under criticism from former President Trump over the past year after blaming Trump for inciting the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. But McConnell, who turns 80 in February, made clear on Tuesday that he does not plan to step down. Here's McConnell on his re-election back in 2020. People of Kentucky, I think that they like having uh, someone from our state be able to help set the national agenda and to look out for middle America and for, for Kentucky. All right, McConnell elected to a seventh Senate term back in 2020 by a nearly 20-point margin over Democrat Amy McGrath. He faces re-election. He won't face re-election once again until 2026. Well, as we know, here in the city, there were 20 extreme weather events in 2021. Actually, New York hard hit with things like flooding during Ida and Henri. This uh, latest figure, those 20 extreme weather events for 2021, out in a new report. It's from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So this report finding the extreme weather events cost $145 billion in damages, resulting in nearly 700 deaths. These events, including everything from droughts to hailstorms in Texas to wildfires out in the West, as well as flooding, Four tropical storms that rocked the nation had the largest impact here, costing Americans $78.5 billion. $74 billion alone was from damages during Hurricane Ida that left a trail of destruction from Louisiana to New York. Another Chinese city ordered on lockdown yesterday, forcing some 5 million people in Anyang into isolation following only, though, a handful of reported outbreaks due to COVID. Now, this comes, of course, as Beijing is preparing to host the Winter Olympics next month. China sticking to its zero COVID strategy of targeted lockdowns, border restrictions, and lengthy quarantines ahead of the Olympics. 77 WABC time check coming up on 545. Here's Justin Ellick with your sports report. Big news for Giants fans. Yes, Deb, thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. That big news being a day after Giants general manager Dave Gettleman retired after four seasons on the job. The team has now fired head coach Joe Judge after his two losing seasons with the team. First time head coach went 10 and 23 over the course of those two seasons and is now the third consecutive Giants coach to be fired after two seasons or less. Co owners Steve Tisch and John Mara have said they will let whoever they hire as, a new t- as the team's new general manager lead the effort in hiring a new head coach. So we'll see how that all pans out in the coming days. Knicks and Nets both took a breather last night, but we'll be back at it tonight. The Knicks welcome the Dallas Mavericks to town for a 7 30 p.m. Eastern tip. And the Nets are in Chicago at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight to try and see if they can gain a game on the current Eastern Conference one-seed Bulls. No hockey last night either or tonight for that matter as all three local teams will return to the ice come tomorrow night. After almost two weeks off due to COVID complications, the Islanders will finally be back in action as they'll host the Devils in Long Island for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time faceoff. The Rangers are all set for a date with the Sharks in San Jose on Thursday. That faceoff is scheduled for... 10.30 p.m. Eastern.
Some more news out of Australia as well as nine-time and defending Australian Open champion Novak Djokovic is still in limbo before the, the year's first tennis major starts on Monday. A week after Djokovic won a legal battle allowing him to stay in the country, he still faces the prospect of deportation because he is not vaccinated. Deportation could result in sanctions ranging up to a three-year ban from entering Australia, which for someone who has won almost half of his 20 Grand Slam titles there is a frightening prospect. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And taking a look now at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mostly sunny day today. It will become a bit warmer, a high near 40 degrees, but that won't happen until about noontime into early afternoon. Increase in clouds during the overnight hours with a low of 29 right now uh, in the low 20s in the tri-state area. I'm Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. And as part of our package, now your business report with, oh, I, oh dear, how dare I forget all about Joe Nolan. Hey, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. If you're on Route 80 on the eastbound side coming into exit 65, that uh, we still have this problem as you travel on the eastbound side. Three lanes are going to be out of service in the locals. Again, an overturned tractor trailer. It's still in the process of being cleared up and out of the way. It happened uh, several hours ago. Uh, so they are, you know, making progress. But still, you've got delays eastbound on Route 80. Now, we do have some subway problems. The uptown, too. They're on the express tracks from Chambers up to 14th Street with switch trouble. And the downtown, number one, there are delays through 225th Street. They had some earlier issues there. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, now it's time to head over to Frank Diaz with your business report. All right, Deb. Yeah, we can't forget about Joe Nolan. I got to go after him. Well, stock futures rose slightly early this morning after a rally on Wall Street as investors uh, brought the dip following a five-day sell-off on the S&P 500. Futures on the Dow Jones Industrial inched about 54 points or 0.15 percent. S&P 500 futures up about the same. The Nasdaq 100 futures rose just under 2 percent. The overnight session followed a rebound in the market with the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite gaining more than 1% for the second straight day of gains. The S&P 500 rose just under 1% Tuesday, snapping a five-day slide, while the blue chip Dow added just 180 points. Well, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon has said that he expects the best economic growth in decades this year, dismissing concerns about high inflation and labor shortages as overblown. The consumer price index rose 6.8% for the 12 months ending in November, the largest annual increase since June of 1982. Dimon said that if it, could, it could take six to nine months for consumer loan growth to return to normal. But he said the economy is strong and can cope with interest rates rising 1%. Despite Diamond's optimism, U.S. employers added just under 200,000 jobs in December, far below predictions as the economy struggles with inflation and supply chain shortages. Deb, are you in the market to buy a house? Uh, the next house I think my husband and I will buy will be a retirement house. Well, I, I'm not. <laughs> but not yet. Uh, yeah, me neither. But if you're a potential home buyer, you may want to hurry up with buying one because uh, mortgage rates uh, have spiked significantly over the past few years. Rates for the 10 and 15 year terms hit about 3% for the first time in more than a year with longer terms sitting well over 3.5%. Home, home buyers who can manage a higher monthly payment stand to save the most on interest with a short term mortgage. Looking at locking in a rate today could allow buyers to get ahead of further increases that are expected throughout 2022. 
right. And thank you, Frank. Thank you. Another stellar business report from Frank Diaz. And, of course, you can catch him during the overnight, too, uh, doing our news headlines. Well, the distraught family of the 19-year-old gunned down as she worked her shift at an East Harlem Burger King speaking out now for the first time. The family, of course, in mourning after losing Crystal Bayron Nieves last weekend. The teen died at a hospital after a gunman shot her in her torso during an armed robbery, netting only 100 bucks. Here's the victim's cousin, Chiara Fuentes, speaking to CBS. Crystal didn't deserve this. She did not wake up thinking she wasn't going to make it back home. This is hurting our family so much, and we just want justice for her already. All right, so the family calling for justice there. Distraught, a memorial has been growing, too, outside of the 116th Street fast food establishment where Nieves lost her life. And 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis spreading the word, too, including in an ad running in today's print edition of the New York Post about his $10,000 reward for information leading to the gunman. The flyer and ad reads, John Katsimatidis offers a $10,000 reward for the arrest and conviction of the killer of 19-year-old Burger King cashier. Crystal Bayron Nieves, and also two Crime Stoppers is offering a $3,500 reward for information. Anybody out there who knows anything, please, please, you are asked to contact either Crime Stoppers or the NYPD. Well, not only has Manhattan's new DA, Alvin Bragg, sparked calls for his recall. It's all over his lax policies. We've told you so much about here on 77 WABC on crime. Now, there are reports that Bragg is allegedly twisting the truth. He regularly gives speeches about what he says are the hardships of growing up in Harlem, recalling cops pointing guns at him. Now, DailyMail.com has actually learned that Bragg grew up in an upper-middle-class enclave of brownstones, and he also attended an elite school on the Upper West Side. Now, Bragg is also a Harvard graduate. He sparked outrage last week when he announced his office will stop prosecuting many low-level crimes. We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest, and people say, well, how'd this happen? How'd that assault happen? Well, there were seven prior times with that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us safer. It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand uh, the pushback. And some of this pushback from NYPD unions, New York Republicans, and even angry New York City residents who fear Bragg's policies will fuel additional crime here in New York City. New York City has seen upticks in every single major crime category in 2021, all but one. That actually, I remember, was burglary. And uh, there's also additional concern that New York City will experience the same fate as other progressively run cities out on the West Coast. They've seen things like looting and lawlessness. A little bit more on Bragg, too. In a joint statement, NYPD Police Commissioner Top Cop Keechan Sewell said she and the new DA spoke to each other on Wednesday. She said they were productive talks Tuesday all over, of course, Bragg's soft on crime approach. Sewell blasting Bragg's policies in an email to 35,000 of her officers Friday. Now, in that email, Sewell said she was very concerned about Bragg's agenda, that it may impact the safety of her officers, the safety of the public, and justice for victims as well. Bragg responded Monday on WNYC's The Brian Lehrer Show. I've got a 20-plus year history of working side-by-side with law enforcement, including the NYPD and FBI and others. And so, you know, I think there are some things I hope to get into the details on them that that, um, just, you know, are not so. And Bragg says he's actually surprised by the pushback over the weekend at the Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network headquarters. Bragg said he's staying the course over his new policies. 
Now, in case you hadn't heard, Bragg's instructions to his prosecutors are to stop seeking prison sentences for many crimes and to downgrade felony charges in cases including things like armed robberies and drug dealing. Well, we told you yesterday about the possibility during the 77 W uh, ABC Early News yesterday that, in fact, uh, some uh, New York City public school students would stage a walkout. And it did, in fact, happen yesterday, the walkout in protest of things like school conditions and a surge in COVID-19 cases. Students are actually lobbying for remote learning again. These two students, among some 200 who took part in the walkout at Brooklyn Tech High School, they told Channel 7 Eyewitness News they were worried about possible exposure to COVID-19 and other sick students. Having all these children stacked on top of each other, especially in schools as large as tech, is not ideal. And I think that having that hybrid option would just alleviate the stress and make everything a little bit safer for everyone. I just genuinely do not feel safe in the school building anymore at this point. And I think after winter break, we cross the line from in-person being better to remote and hybrid being better. So what the city has done as of January 3rd, New York City actually doubled down on its COVID-19 testing at its public schools for both vaccinated and unvaccinated students are testing about 20 percent of the population. Attendance did creep up on Monday to about 75 percent at the city's public schools. Well, more trouble for Rikers Island Jail, already troubled. About 200 detainees continued a protest Tuesday, which began over the weekend. It's all over poor conditions and mounting frustrations over a COVID-19 imposed quarantine at Rikers. Now, according to a department official, detainees started their protest on Saturday. Protesters claim they have not been allowed outside for weeks and weeks. They're complaining of things like violence and unsanitary conditions. In interviews, 11 of these detainees describe dangerous conditions as the temperature has dropped and COVID-19 has spread throughout Rikers. Over 370 detainees have recently tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. Less than half of the total population there is fully vaccinated against covid Well, Donald Trump, of course, former President Donald Trump is going after New York State Attorney General Letitia James. Trump wants a judge to either force James to hit pause on any investigations into his businesses or recuse herself from the probes altogether. The court papers say that Alina Haba, who was a lawyer for Trump and the Trump Organization, made that filing. Here is Haba on Newsmax. Prior to him becoming president, she was going after him. I mean, she is a sick person who really, really, truly has taken her oath of office and just weaponized it. In the filing, Haba claims that James has brought a targeted attack against a political adversary and in an arbitrary fishing expedition. And Trump claims James is carrying out a witch hunt against him and his family's real estate company, too. WABC Time Check, 557. Time for a look at traffic with Joe Nolan. Didn't forget about you this time, Joe. It's all right, Tim. That's it, northbound. On the Garden State Parkway coming up towards Route 22, a little bit of a brake check. And the problem here is twofold. One, there's road work. Second one is is apparently an accident now northbound right around the area of exit 140A. So that's an issue. Also in New Jersey, eastbound on Route 80 coming into exit 65. Three lanes are out. Overturned tractor trailer 
in the locals. That will continue for a little while longer. Still delays on the Uptown 2 trains and the express tracks, Chambers to 14th Street. That would switch trouble. And also now just looking at our maps here a little bit as you come inbound on the Gowanus BQE. We're heavy now from the Prospect right on up to that road work just before the Brooklyn Bridge. And alternate side is in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda weather. So a bit warmer today. Our high near 40. That happens around noon into early afternoon. Mostly sunny skies. Increasing clouds overnight. The low down to 29. We're still in the low 20s here in the tri-state area. Well, U.S. colleges now face lawsuits from five graduates, actually, against 16 major U.S. universities. Now, this is all over claims of allegedly illegally restricting access to financial aid. Plaintiffs accuse schools of overcharging more than 170,000 financial aid recipients hundreds of millions of dollars over two decades. Now, the, some of the schools targeted in this lawsuit include six from Ivy League schools, places like Brown, Cornell, Dartmouth, Yale, Columbia, and the University of Pennsylvania. The universities allegedly used a shared methodology to calculate applicants' financial needs to engage in price-fixing and unfairly limited aid. Now, under federal law, schools are allowed to work together on their formulas, but only if applicants' financial needs are not considered in their admissions process. All right, 77 WABC time check is 559. Working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program here at 6 o'clock. And uh, one last story to tell you about is Omicron surges. Of course, as we know, many offices remain empty. Now Meta, the parent company of Facebook, included here too. Meta announced Tuesday that it is delaying its return to U.S. offices until at least March 28th. Meta is also one of the first U.S. corporations to demand proof of a booster for COVID-19 from its workers. Now, Omicron, of course, now accounting for 98% of COVID-19 cases throughout the United States. All right, Deb Valentine with the early news. Be back with us tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock for the 77 WABC early news. And we're working our way to Bernie and Sid in the morning. Coming up at 6, Sid's here. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.